You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. The award-winning Crunch Time. We have agreed to a set of arrangements that will allow training uh, for AFL to resume. So training resuming paves the way for footy to be back. And I think we all want that. And we need to do some work in South Australia with the two clubs around the quarantine arrangements uh, for when players come back. And what happens if one of them tests positive? Uh, What are we going to do to make sure that there's not uh, further uh, infection across our state? It appears to me it's the Victorian clubs aren't willing to leave their comfort zone and come over here and hub in Western Australia, yet they expect our teams to go over there. I mean, it's a little bit... um, rich and it seems to me they're a little bit pampered uh, and they should be prepared to uh, do the hard yards uh, and uh, go somewhere else to hub as our clubs are prepared to do. Our 2020 AFL Premiership season will resume on Thursday June 11. We know we're going to need to retain maximum flexibility with the fixture to allow for home games in each state should circumstances change. The AFL navigates the minefields and lands its preferred resumption dates. The protocols are strict and the challenges are plenty, but the game is now back in our sights. At the moment we're planning on departing on the 25th of May or certainly being up on the Gold Coast by the 25th of May so that we can engage in the contact training as outlined by the AFL with their schedule of of return to play and in preparation for 11 June start. And also I think we just need to recognise that the playing groups can be away from families and others um, when they go up there. So we want to limit the amount of time that they're up there wherever we can. Look, it's not ideal, but the alternative is that WA and South Australian teams can't play, and that's what we've been dealing with. And I think, you know, the players as a group just want to get this season back. It's great news. It's something that all of our staff and all of our players have been looking forward to. And, uh, you know, as of Monday, we'll be able to train together in small groups of eight, start moving towards playing again in a month's time, which um, no doubt will be a great relief to everybody. And, uh, you know, we'll be able to start up our old routines again, which is uh, pretty nice. I think we accept this is the situation that's been presented to us. It's not ideal. You know, it's not a conspiracy. I've been lucky enough to be a little bit behind the scenes and seeing what the AFL's got to deal with, with all the governments and protocols and trying to get this game going, and we fully understand. We might have been slightly in front of the comp there for a little while, and then now we're severely behind it, but that's not... That's that's no-one's fault. That's just the way it is. So let's just get on with it, is is my attitude. Equality couldn't be delivered and fairness had to be compromised, but the collective buy-in of all sectors can't be questioned. So what does it all mean for season 2020? We'll ask the man charged with building the unique fixture. This is Crunch Time.
It is our eight weekends without footy. There'll be three more beyond this. But as of June 11, it'll feel like a gift, I suspect, by the time we get there. The date announced is June 11. And Travis Old has the responsibility of putting together a fixture. A fixture like has never been seen before. We will explore that in this hour of crunch time. Jared Waitley with you. Our experts for Red Energy for Australian Electricity and Gas. Kane Corns, good afternoon. Uh, good morning to you, Jared, on what is a, a beautiful um, day outside. And, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a spring in all of our steps, knowing that uh, footy will be back sooner rather than later. There's a lot of challenges with it, but looking forward to speaking to Travis Ald about it because you and I spoke about a number of aspects of the fixture last night on, on AFL Nation. And we'll be, get to uh, put those questions to Travis this morning and find out how he and his team are dealing with uh, you know six teams in Queensland and couple in Sydney and 10 in Melbourne. So it's a, a fascinating one and no doubt he'll need all the mathematical equations to work his way through this fixture like we've never seen before. And welcome to you, Liam Pickering. Yeah, good afternoon to you, Jared, and good afternoon to you, Kane. I know you sound like you're still in Adelaide calling it good morning, but uh, no, it's good to be here and I'm very much <laughs> excited about June 11, I must say. What about, Kane? So last week it was the Jezelenkos who had him rounded up. This week it's his dad. Who as good at that's as good a Twitter disownment as I've ever seen. Pickers. Oh, wasn't it? So I, I, I mentioned the couple of weeks <laughs> that the Crows have had. In fact, the couple of years, and I said that Adelaide's turning the team that everyone loves to hate. Now Sen have tweeted that out, and Dad has quoted the tweet saying, "Somewhere, somehow." Sometime the genes get mutated. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag I give up. Well, you know, have you actually had it out with him publicly, as in per- personally, I should say? Have you actually picked up the phone and given old mate a call? He rang me yesterday, <laughs> and this was after I got off air, because I do five and a half hours in the morning on Friday. So it's a, it's a decent stint, Pickers, as, as you and, uh, are working out at the moment. And he rang me after I got off air. He said, oh, he, I picked up the phone and said, I am going to rip you. That's, what, that's, that's all he said. <laughs> well, he was the I am going to rip you. He was the Adelaide coach. So he oh. took him to a preliminary final. So oh, no. I, got, I think he's got every right to sort of get his back up when you're – Lambasting the team like you are, Kane, and yeah, I think it's the, I think it's deliberate. Uh, Pickers, this is this is for fifteen years I played for Port Adelaide, and no one was more critical of Port Adelaide than my old man. So he's getting it back, and it's all he deserves because <laughs> he spent his entire media career ripping Port Adelaide and giving it to them at every opportunity. So he deserves it. You can't. The problem is you you can't take that away from him because he played for Glenelg back in the yes. day. He was a Glenelg star, and they hated Port Adelaide. So they you can sort of them. see it. I can see why you you know I know people that have got kids that play AFL footy yet they still barrack for the team they barrack for. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how it is. Without fear or favour, yeah. that is how the Cornsers roll. That mm. is for sure. So the competition was shut down on March 22, and it will reopen on June 11. Kane, it was hard not to feel absolutely thrilled that really it's the earliest possible date the AFL could have got back. I think they've done a phenomenal job to land it given the obstacles that were well advertised and then the obstacles that popped up during the week. Absolutely. And, you know, it's probably taken them maybe a week longer or five days longer for that announcement yesterday, but that's because of some backflips, we think, from 
a government um, in South Australia, of course, which presented a last-minute challenge. But you're right. In terms of all the scenarios we could have landed at, this is the best possible one. I didn't think we'd get here this soon. Um, and it looks like, as well, it's going to be a reasonably normal fixture. And um, we'll speak to Travis about that and how he's he's dealing with the fixture. Is it Thursday through to Sunday, which we, we believe it will be, and all the other ramifications of the fixture. So looking forward to doing that. But, um, yeah, I just uh, hats off to all the players as well as we spoke about last night I think for the players to agree to the strict regime that they're going to be under and the disciplined lives they're going to have to lead it's a credit to them and a feel for the for the teams that have to move to the Gold Coast albeit it's not the worst thing in the world at the moment but it's a, a severe inconvenience and then the AFL for the job that they've done um, really couldn't couldn't have done it any better it's a thankless job isn't it what, what Travis Ord's about to do yeah. and about to announce next week it's just not something that I'd really want to do because you're going to get criticism that's just the reality of well, yeah, there'll be that many people that'll have their noses out of joint about what the draw looks like, the fixture looks like, and unfortunately, this is the situation we've been handed up. We knew what it looked like beforehand, but things have got to change. The measures for the players, Pickers, are necessarily draconian. It was Gil described it as, as an opportunity and a responsibility mm. to get the game back. Uh, Greg Baum had a nice line this morning, not quite solitary confinement, but certainly house arrest for the players. Is How much um, will they give up to make this happen and and have they answered the call I, I think they have answered the call yeah and I, I think there hasn't been too many complaints from the players I mean they know what they've got to deal with they understand the situation to get this season away uh, they've had great dialogue with the AFL and with the players association as to what was coming so it's not a not a great shock to them uh, you can't obviously do anything about what the government's decided to do but I think overall I think that they've handled it well and I think they will handle it well and I I don't think uh, there'll be too many stuff-ups, to be perfectly honest. I, I think they'll really get their head around it because this season, before you know it, you're blinking and it'll be gone. So are you? do you think the players understand their their responsibility here, the covenant that's yep. to stage the game there? That there's really uh, the, the non-negotiable, as was described to me by one club official, the, the standout moment of their briefing was the non-negotiable around compliance and yeah. just how rigidly that will be policed. Well, it's their responsibility now. And if you want to be an AFL footballer in this environment, well, you have to take that responsibility and do the right thing. And and that's what they'll do. And I, I'd, I'd, I'd be very surprised, given the amount of uh, discussions the clubs have had with players about and from the AFL, about what the requirements are, that we see too many indiscretions, to be perfectly honest. Did you have any misgivings? Did any players express any misgivings around how tight things are going to be? Uh, look, I've had a couple of discussions with players that have, had, that have got to go on hub uh, about accommodation, really, and families, um, more so than anything else, and just making sure that that piece of the puzzle is put in place properly. Because it's okay to say, oh, they're going to go away and the families can join. But it's got to be an environment where the families are welcome and they're going to be able to live uh, to a stage where, and that's still being put in place, my understanding, to live in a way that, that it's not going to be an impost on them and an impost on the players. Because you know, if you've got little kids and they're out crying all night, you, know, you don't want to be in the same room because you, you still need to prepare for the game. So... They're the things that they're working through still at the moment. So that's been the only misgivings I've had from the players at this stage. Pickers, what about the uh, situation? There was a report on, I think, Channel 7 News last night and, and Colin Young might have been expressing some concerns about the AFL not ticking off on player contracts. We know there's been a freeze on the contracts where the AFL yep. aren't ticking off on any. Are you concerned that um, 
that that may still be in place while these players are back playing and they're at risk of injury and all, and all sorts of things considering yeah. their, their contract runs out pretty soon. Yeah, well, they've got to, obviously, their contract to the end of October this yeah. year. Uh, no, I think it'll... I think it'll, it'll loosen up soon it won't be obviously straight away but I, I do think that there'll be movement and you can certainly still negotiate and now the players are back into it they're back into it officially on Monday you know that we'll start ramping up our discussions with clubs about out of contract players uh, working and I think at this stage you really your best bet is to work off especially with the big boys uh, you know the high profile guys you just kind of start looking at percentages of cap uh, as to what their contracts look like because we don't know what the cap looks like at this stage so yeah, there's a bit a uh, bit of work to do still, but I get Colin's situation. You know, I mean, it's you know I understand that that's a discussion that a lot of the agents have had, uh, but I do think that um, that when the dust settles and we get back into some normality of playing, that I, I do think Ken and his team, Ken Wood and his team, will start to tick off where you can go with contracts. One of the interesting aspects of this is essentially the train is rolling and the AFL is now trying to lay the tracks as it as it rolls on out of the station is just how much information is, is attempting to be delivered, delivered across this weekend yeah. to facilitate Monday and then the following Monday and then game day. And there is, um, there's no expressed level of impatience. That's just the reality. <laughs> but even Adam Simpson watching him on Fox footy an hour ago was just saying, I don't know the answer to that question yet. We don't know what the hub looks like. We don't know what it means having Fremantle and West Coast in the same. Is Gil McLaughlin just a short time ago on Fox Footy has said this about the hub and the hotel scenario. No, other than the guys are pretty keen to have separation. So we've got both hotels exclusively just for football. Um, then each club within that will have their own restaurants. They'll have their own sort of wings and areas and their own spaces. So they'll be in the same hotel, but they'll have really their own areas for everything. So it's highly unlikely that they'll that they will cut across each other and be sitting at the same breakfast table, or for, for example? I don't think so, no. I mean, they'll see each other in the lobby and stuff, but socially distanced, of course. But they'll, be, they'll have their own space. I think, as an example, I think um, the Pines has got 330 rooms. We'll be using, you know, um, you know, I imagine sort of 200 of them or something. So there's plenty of space. There's different wings. There's different restaurants. And I think it's appropriate. It's what they want is to have their own space. So Kane is Port and Adelaide won't be climbing over each other, and neither will will West Coast and Fremantle players. No, you you won't. They, you'll still run into each other though, and I'm I'm sure they'll share the golf course if they're having a hit of golf or whatever. So um, yeah, it's interesting. Who, who would have thought at the start of the season that Port Adelaide and the Crows would be somewhere in Queensland sharing a hotel room together in order to play footy? Like you, you couldn't make it up, and, and the teams and their dislike for each other is is real. And yet they're um, staying at the same place. Same with Fremantle and West Coast. It's it's bizarre, really. I can't get my head around it. But um, they'll do their best to, to keep their distance, no doubt. No, well, I'll tell you right. They haven't been seen in a hotel together since the Ramsgate. So yeah, no, exactly. Who, who knows? Uh, who knows where that all rolls? Were you in, were you involved in that cane, by the way? <laughs> no, I was uh, very disciplined pickers. I was in bed, well played, but I did well get played. did get the call from the brother and went and picked him up. So <laughs> not not ideal. <laughs> he was a bit of a rat bag. Um, so Travis Old is going to join us in a moment there's a shopping list of questions around the fixture some of which hopefully we'll get answers to and some of which I'm sure will be unknown still Um, just as a proposition so the compromises had to be made and fairness hasn't been kept is it 
as an overall two compromised, having four teams at the severe disadvantage of being relocated in either of your minds? Well, I think it is. It's a, it's a huge disadvantage for the four teams that, that have to hub and that aren't sleeping in their own bed and, and have to go to another state. And for the West Australian teams, it's a hell of a long way away. Mm. Um, but they are there and they've got a, they've got a fixture which, is, which they can work around, in my view. If they're going to be playing each other, that's not the worst result to be there. Uh, for that starting point of the season, so, uh, but it, yeah, it's a, it's a disadvantage. No, no question about that. I'm the same. Yeah, I think that the two advantages you have as an interstate team is is getting the opposition to fly out of their comfort zone to play you, and having your home ground that you're familiar with, and, and trying to make that a fortress like particularly West Coast have done for a long period of time. So you take those two advantages away, then, you know, severely, severely behind the eight ball, really. Um, but look, there's, there's some ways you can make it a motivation. And if it's for not too long, if, if it's for four games of the season, and then they get some back-end compensation with home games after that, and, and that'll be a question, no doubt, you'll put to Travis Jarrett, what happens to these four teams with their home games in the back half of the season once border restrictions do open? then could be an advantage. Like imagine if you're West Coast and you've got a decent record and you come home with eight of your last you know, yeah. 10 games at, in Perth, it's going to be pretty formidable in their run to the finals. I'll tell you what, it's a, it's a big advantage for Brisbane early. In oh, my it's view. huge. Jeez, yeah. I mean, they're a good team as it is. We know that. And all of a sudden, they don't have to travel to Perth. They don't have to yeah. travel to Adelaide. They've got them out of the way in Queensland. I mean, that's a, and they're hard games to win. You, interstate teams, doesn't matter where they are on the ladder – you go over and try and beat Fremantle in Perth and West Coast in Perth and Adelaide and, and Port Adelaide in Adelaide. They're not easy games, regardless of how well those two teams are going or those four teams are going. Spoke about that with Jared last night. They're the, they're the big winners, Brisbane, out of this because they get those home games you speak of and then they get extra games probably in Melbourne, which is where the finals and, and Gil committed to that, particularly the grand final is going to be at the MCG. So they're going to get to experience that as a young group. Um, they're the big beneficiaries out of this, uh, this fixture. All right, let's see if we can get some answers around that fixture up next on Crunch Time. Travis Old will join us. The glad bag of questions around what will season 2020 look like. We'll get an insight coming up next. The, the controllables, I suppose, from the AFL point of view is probably the next phase on, on how we try and make things a little bit even, if we can, if it's possible. So you wouldn't have thought... Um, you know, the clubs that have to move to the Gold Coast under a hub situation would have to fly uh, to play um, away games from theirs. But, you know, that, that hasn't been delivered yet, so we'll, we'll wait and see. And now, now Adelaide and, and Port Adelaide are up there. I'm assuming it's going to be some sort of, you know, round-robin sort of fixture for the first four or five weeks where we play each other and no one travels. Oh, I don't know. I wouldn't mind uh, Collingwood playing a home game in the Gold Coast. That, that probably... That's it. That's a good outcome too. So <laughs> we're now starting to think what the competitive advantage looks like. But uh, I think the AFL will do their best to, to get everything right. It's not just about the first four or five weeks too. You can find yourself in a position where if, if we don't get that right, the, the back end of the season will, will be too disjointed as well. So all eyes to the fixture. That was West Coast coach Adam Simpson about an hour ago on Fox Footy. And the man whose portfolio this falls under is Travis Old, the Chief Financial Officer and the General Manager of Clubs and Broadcasting. Travis, welcome to Crunch Time. Hi, guys. Good afternoon. Has the lobbying begun? Uh, yeah, it's not as strong as previously. We saw that, but it is take two in terms of the, the fixture. Uh, and so there's a level of interest, no doubt. 
Oh, I've lost Travis. Have, have I dropped out or have we lost Travis? Oh, still... I can uh, I can hear you. Sorry about that. Yes, I'm not sure that's my end. Um, could, could you? Sorry, could I just get you to repeat that? Are, are you getting the lobbying? We are. Um, it, it's fixture time again. So uh, you get all those situations <laughs> again where clubs have got an interest in who and where they play. It's a bit easier this time because we play with each other once. Uh, but in saying that, it's a bit trickier with some teams, um, you now four additional teams located on the Gold Coast. So we've got some work ahead of us in the next seven to ten days. Okay, let's work through a shopping list and then we'll open the interview up. Is have you? Did you have a blueprint for the first four weeks, which got blown out by the flip flopping in South Australia? Yeah, we we've certainly been working on a number of different um, scenarios, uh, and those scenarios have been changing fairly rapidly. So it's not really until. Oh, the last few days we've been able to lock in um, the environment upon which we can certainly start the season in or restart the season in, um, which gives us the opportunity now to uh, focus on probably probably a four or five week block that we'll release um, in the next sort of 10 days. Is it likely that you'll deliver the fixture in four different blocks across the season? I think so at this stage. I mean, things are going to continue to change, uh, but we need the flexibility and so the ability to... Announce that four, so four or five week block, uh, and then spend the next couple of weeks um, assessing the environment and whether things have changed. Um, I think places us, um, means we're best placed to deal with uh, any changes that might occur. Is the logical starting point for June 11 Collingwood Richmond at the MCG, given that it was round two anyway? It feels like it's building. Um, it, it certainly, uh, there's a level of there's a level of support for it. Um, I, I do like it. Uh, I think it's a really strong way to start the season. And so, um, yeah, we, it might be the public vote, that one. <laughs> Is it likely that there'll be Thursday night footy every round? I don't know if there'll be every round, but I think there's the opportunity now to play more Thursday nights. I mean, if you go back to the you know what was a normalised um, fixture, uh, we... Um, spent a lot of time focusing on putting Thursday nights where we think it's still provided access to fans and so spreading them uh, among clubs and among um, states and then trying to work around school holidays and, and weather and a whole range of things. We don't have that um, extra consideration now around crowds, unfortunately. So I think there's an opportunity uh, to have some more. Um, how many more? I'm just not sure yet. Would you play with any Wednesday nights or Monday nights from time to time? I don't think so. Not at this stage. We'll, we'll stick to a reasonably um, traditional um, week-to-week structure. Um, I think the only change I can see at the moment of any great significance is, uh, as you called out, Joe, the, the addition of some more Thursday nights. If we get a linear season and we're lucky and get the 16 rounds in succession, will there be no buys during the home and away season or before the finals? I think so. I mean, I... We literally are taking this sort of in blocks. Uh, and so if everything went really smoothly, um, you ran your next 16 weeks over a 16-week period, then you could roll into a standard four-week finals. And, that, and that'd be quite neat um, in structure. Uh, whether it plays out that way, um, we'll see. Why no wild card rounds in the final series? Well, at this stage, we're trying to reduce the length of the season, not increase it. And so um, if there is the opportunity late, um, you can have a look at it. It's not the plan at the moment. Um, I think we'll keep it pretty simple. I think we'll have enough challenges ahead of us as it is without uh, introducing additional components. Is October 24 the provisional date for the grand final? 
I think it's right. If you roll out from June 11, uh, which is 16 weeks and your four weeks of finals, then you end up um, October 24. That sounds right. Is it possible that all finals would be played at night this year? Uh, is it possible? I think you're still going to work around travel um, with clubs. And so that would depend a little on who's participating. It would depend on what's going on with South Australia and Western Australia. Uh, and their borders, if um, if they're participating, so it, it's certainly not, it's certainly an opportunity for that to be the case, but it's not necessarily um, um, guaranteed. The teams who are in Queensland, so there'll be six in Queensland and four in Hubs. Is it your intention to play them mm. against each other in those first in that form in that first block that you release? It is. Um, uh, it's a little. It's a touch trickier now with six teams there uh, so, because. It means that um, those four non-Queensland teams will need to play some home games, per se, in, in Queensland. Um, and so we'll have to, have to work at how we play through that. But I, I, yes is the short answer. They'll play each other certainly in the first four, four or five weeks. I think only one of those teams have played each other, and that's uh, Port Adelaide and uh, Gold Coast in round one. And so there's um, the opportunity for them to play each other, uh, and then we'll have to reassess during that block as to where we go from there. So how do you square up if 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 you do fixture South Australia and Western Australia teams to play home games on the Gold Coast? Do, do they lose the home state number of games as the season rolls out? Yeah, they will. Um, they will. I mean, you'll try and back in some home games for them, so that if things change, um, they don't have to travel as much at the back end. But some of these things we can't control um, just by by sheer weight of numbers. Um, they're going to have to play some home games. Now, the definition of a home game changes a little bit this year. You don't, you don't have crowds and um, we don't have some of the other restrictions uh, that we did have. So I think it'll play it a bit differently. But certainly in that you know, first four or five week block, um, we're going to need to play some, I'd imagine, some home games uh, for those two teams outside of their home state. As a principle, would you like those four teams who are displaced not to have to travel again to play? Uh, we certainly want to reduce their travel, uh, you know, and so the first four or five week block, they won't have to travel. Um, um, I don't know what the next four or five week block looks like, but what we will try and do is work with them to provide a fixture that does take into account that they have to spend at least the first four weeks um, and, for, and for the SA teams a bit longer with their training pre-season outside of their home state. Um, but, you know, what it's like if, if uh, you understand the fixture as well as anyone, it's not an easy process. Uh, and so there's going to be some compromises along the way. And who will you um, essentially group the New South Wales teams in with in the, the first phase? Will you group them in with Victoria or would you potentially have them travel through Queensland? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not quite at that level yet. So they're the sort of things that we're working through at the moment um, as to if we rotate teams through Queensland. Now, in that first block, we don't need to do that. And so um, they'll play um, more of the Victorian teams. What happens beyond that, I'm just not sure yet, uh, but clearly that's what we're, we're focused on right now. Travis, uh, in terms of the Victorian games, will it just be Marvel and the MCG? Will Geelong use their home ground? Uh, no, we'll play games at GMHBA. Um, there's certainly an opportunity there with the three grounds. And so um, uh, we've got... Um, I suppose we've got the access to those, those three. We've got now things change a little bit with the four additional teams in Queensland, um, had, a, had a one of those or two of those chose to be in Melbourne, it would have put more pressure on our grounds. 
Um, but it's sort of a bit easier now. Uh, but certainly we'll look to play games at GMHBA, can yes. Yeah, well, uh, how, how, sorry, Pickers, how, um, how much of a role has the broadcaster and will the broadcaster have in the fixture? And the second part to that is, have they expressed a desire for um, a night grand final? Uh, let's do the second one first. No, um, we haven't had any conversations about grand final or, or finals, to, to be, to be uh, frank. It's been focused entirely on how do we get the season restarted, under what conditions can we get it restarted, and so um, we haven't got to that point. Um, they, they've played the same role and, and will over the next seven to ten days the same role as they played in the development of any fixture. Um, we work really closely with them to try and build a, an exciting um, and interesting sort of um, start to the season, uh, and they play a role in, in help us, helping us build that narrative. The two Queensland teams, Jared, uh, the two grounds you sorry, Jared, sorry, yeah, Trav, the two grounds you'll use, obviously, Metricon and, and the Gabba. Will all the Brisbane games be at the Gabba, or will you schedule some games potentially for, say, a West Coast Eagles and Brisbane to play at Metricon, given there'll be no crowds? Well, it's a good question because I, like, if, if it is an Adelaide home game playing yeah. the Lions, um, then there'll certainly be a big push for that to be at Metricon. Yeah. Um, not, not at the Gabba, for, for what it's worth. I mean, the, the fact you haven't got crowds takes some of that advantage away. Um, but nonetheless, uh, I think that'll be some of the things that we'll get some pressure around as to how we best manage that. So you think that'll be a question that will be asked when you get their wish list of clubs, which obviously is a bit of fun in itself? Yeah, well, I mean, the reality is that we sort of, we only really determined this structure uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, with, with the, the final position coming out of SA and WA. And so some of this stuff is they're good questions that we need to work through. But I certainly, uh, I'd imagine that for the four teams, um, they'll want to play home games, if that's what you call them, against the local teams, not at their home ground. Not at their ground, yeah. Round one, mm. uh, I mean, there's, obviously we know it's June 11. When will you make the final decision on... Obviously, uh, who the two teams will be, it does appear to be, from an outside looking in, that we think it'll be Richmond and Collingwood uh, to open the season. But Gill hasn't sort of indicated either way at this stage. Are you thinking that's where it may start or where's, where's that at? Feels like, feels like it's going to be a disappointment if we don't. Everyone, <laughs> <laughs> everyone, so Richard, Richard Collingwood, so there's a bit of pressure around that one. Um, <laughs> it was the Thursday night game originally scheduled for round two. And so there is some, some merit in that. I do like the idea of starting strong, you know, two big clubs and um, two clubs in good form. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think if not if it's not that game, it'll be something that's similar to that. Um, and and we want to, you know, we want to start the well, restart the season, um, you know, in, in, a, in a pretty big way, and that'd be a good way to do it. I I think. The suburban grounds had been floated at various stages. Travis, is are they now not required? Yeah, our preference is not to use those grounds. I mean, we don't need to. Um, and we've got, you know, great stadia. And I think with the protocols that are going to exist around um, venues and for our broadcasters and, and staff and others to use our traditional, what we call sort of tier one traditional um, home and away venues will make those things a whole lot easier. We do have the opportunity to have um, double headers given we haven't got crowds. And so we may have... Um, you know, opportunities where we've got not necessarily back-to-back, you need a gap between the two, but two games on the same day um, out of the one venue. Yeah, that's um, 
with with one game in between, you could easily play the Saturday afternoon, the twilight elsewhere, and then the Saturday night back at the venue of the Saturday afternoon, couldn't you? Yeah, you can. I mean, just because the circumstances are so unique, um, and those things work for a number of reasons. It um, makes it easier from a fixturing point of view. It certainly makes it easier for our broadcasters, um, um, you know, TV and radio. So, I think there's an opportunity to do some things a bit differently, and, and we'll certainly look to do that. So how, the principles of fairness and equity, which have always been debatable around an AFL draw, is how how heavily do they weigh over you as you try to put this together in knowing that everyone is making the sacrifices and there are compromises to get the season back uh, on track? Yeah, I mean, it still remains the key principle of the fixture is... is uh, um, the integrity of the, of the fixture. It makes it a bit easier when you've got everyone playing each other once. Um, there's no doubt about that. Uh, but it's a little trickier now because we've got some teams who can't play out of their home state. Um, and we've had this before. We had it with Gold Coast with the Commonwealth Games where uh, a couple of years ago they had to play the first half of their season outside of um, Queensland. It made it, it made it hard for them. But, it, but everything we do uh, in the restart fixture will be anchored with uh, integrity as a sort of principle um, um, for, for, for the um, for the structure of the fixture, at least. Travis, any uh, thought of games in Tasmania? Will, will we be playing games in Tassie? Uh, we, we'd like to certainly explore that. Um, not in the first, not in the first four weeks, um, uh, but I think as the season plays out, um, certainly the two clubs have expressed interest um, in playing games in Tasmania. So we'll certainly look to do that, um, but you won't see any in that first four to five week block. So, yes, there's clearly a lot of work to be done. Is How long do you think it will take you to to nut out those first four or five rounds? Well, I think, Joe, we've really only got... Um, certainly haven't got any more than 10 days. It normally takes about six weeks, so it's going to be a big 10 days. But um, we want to have the fixture done and out um, at least sort of two weeks before the start of the season. So if you work back from there... Um, we've got you know, seven to ten days to get it, get it finalised, and all our stakeholders across it and comfortable with it. And so we've got a um, we've got a big period ahead of us, uh, uh, certainly. Travis, thanks for your time and good luck putting it all together. It's it's quite the matrix. Thanks, guys. I appreciate your support. Good on you. Travis Old is the Chief Financial Officer, the General Manager of Clubs and Broadcasting, but very specifically here as the fixture is in his portfolio. And that's so right from the first moment that, that hubs were going to be necessary, and initially it was just the West Australian teams, it, it simply had to be that they wouldn't be asked to travel more, at least in the initial phase. You, you can't have a team doing double travel. No to face a team at home. I was surprised how that, that seems such a foreign concept to people. Is it, that, That's the very least that can be done yeah, was, to mitigate extreme disadvantage. Absolutely, especially if you've if you've been you've been moved to the other side of the country. When you finish it, the little hub area, you want to be able to at least have a few weeks at home, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a nightmare situation. Sounds like, you know, pretty... We're going to be pretty fair and balanced behind it all. It sounds like he's very calm approach to it, Jared, and it, clearly it's not going to be ideal for a couple of teams, but they've certainly got the fairness and equality at the forefront of their minds. I, I don't think they're going to be disadvantaged too much, provided that the borders can open. I mean, some of that's out of their control, and when borders open in, in WA and South Australia is going to be a key part to the second part of this fixture. And if you are... 
So if you worked on the principle, there's 16 games left, you play eight home and eight away, is is the South Australian and Western Australian teams are going to burn a couple loose on the Gold Coast. They're not going to retain the, the full complement of home state games for the end. So they might be able to get uh, some sort of run home, but it, but it's not going to be totally... Um, totally stacked in their favour. Which we thought it might have been early days, didn't we? We thought, oh, well, if they're doing all this now, well, they might have five or six back end of the season, but it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. I think that's... As long as they're not leaving the Gold Coast, and if they do play four, that's a 2-2 split. That That is reasonable. I'm still... I'm still much more sympathetic to those teams than than some people are, but um, yeah. So if you do ping off a couple along the way, then I guess you don't get the the potential for the competitive advantage of five or six on the Gold Coast, and then knowing that you've still got eight at home on the run in. So there's there's a middle ground in there somewhere. Yeah, there is. I think it's yeah the the, the whole idea of how it's set it's set up is I just wouldn't envy Travis Ord in this role because it's. It is because it's such a quick season too. Now it's going to be before we know it. As I said earlier, we'll, we'll be we'll be getting ready for finals. We'll be there'll be teams that'll be nearly out of business in seven or eight rounds. So and teams that'll be flying. So um, yeah, you'd want to get uh, you'd want to get your preparation right, the players and, and the teams, because um, if you blink, you'll miss this season. Um, provisional grand final date is October twenty four. The preference for no buys, no wild card, because they're trying to reduce the season, not lengthen it. There is a there there is a, a thought around that all finals would be at night, and that's Gill spoke yesterday around the um, the willingness for sport to work together. So the AFL is going to need to catch a break from cricket, and racing is going to need to catch a break from footy. Yeah. So one of the proposals is that all finals will be at night, so the spring carnival would get Saturdays clear with the footy landing on Saturday night. Now, now this is not a great stretch because uh, most finals, the clear majority of finals, are now staged at night. So you're talking a a Saturday afternoon game in the first round, a a twilight preliminary final, which might slip to the evening, but you are talking a night grand final. I yeah, think. Well, I, I actually think a night grand final is a given a in night, the circumstances. Night rather than a twilight. Well, I think so. Mm. If 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 one of the reasons is to to marry up with the sporting calendar and to do the right thing, then it would. If Cox Plate Day was the Saturday, and it didn't move to the Friday night, then you're probably looking at a, a night grand final. What do you think? Would they try and work with them to get a twilightish? game going sort of five-ish or whatever it may be yeah. and get them to early start the the races that day because you know we know they're big days but instead of having the main race the cox played at say 4 30 you know which they do seem to push them back in the spring carnival push the races right back late in the day the big races maybe get that to be a three o'clock sort of job and and give you a chance to to basically have a double hit at both in a, in a reasonable hour a time frame yeah yeah oh, i think that's uh, I- I have a preference to a five o'clock grand final rather than a seven thirty grand final, but maybe if the whole series has been played at night, we'll be we'll be used to it by then anyway. Didn't completely shut out Jared the wild card either. Like he said, at this stage we want to keep the season shorter rather than longer. But he he didn't completely shut it out. He said there's a chance to look at it in the back half of the year if everything goes to plan. So they're clearly just keeping their options open with everything, and and there might be even be a, a slight chance of a, a wild card grand final, a wild card final, which would which I would support, particularly as you pointed out last night, it does equal up for some of the inequities for some teams that have been disadvantaged in the in the home and away season. I think if they got balked during the season, so yeah, 
if they're able to run from here 16 weeks, four-week final series, that's clearly the preference. But I think if they got balked at some stage and got pushed back, then there's probably a whole lot of creative things which return to the table. Um, and that, that creates um, myriad complications, but you might be able to, to explore a few of those things. So that's the fixture as it stands. Um, there's plenty to dissect on that front. This is crunch time with the June 11 date known for the return to footy. Kane Corns and Liam Pickering are here for Red Energy for Australian electricity and gas. Where's this going to end? It's a disaster and we're literally a basket case of a footy club, you could say. Probably the most difficult period of my life without any question. The constant media, constant pressure, constant worry about Jim. We were very close friends as well, so it's a devastating situation. You know the other side's obviously going through a really bad problem or a bad patch. And unfortunately, um, yeah, a really good man lost his job at the end of that. So it wasn't a great day for football, really. But at 7.30, Bale rang me and he said, mate, they've got me. What do you mean? He said, mate, it terminated me, that it sacked me straight away, and I was just in silence. I couldn't believe it. It's the second episode of Uncovered with Sam Edmund, put together by Joel Brooks. It's the game from July 2011 when Melbourne lost by 186 points to Geelong at Cadinia Park, and what happens in the aftermath. Well, actually, what was transpiring in the lead-up to it as well, and it ultimately led to the sacking of Dean Bailey. It was one of the more perplexing afternoons. As um, You very rarely see a team so abjectly not turn up as they didn't even give up. They didn't even start, which the layers in that which Sam Edmund has peeled back here is I was there that day because that yep. was one of the more peculiar afternoons of footy I've ever seen yeah I sat on the boundary for Fox footy and uh, we finished nearly in darkness it was that late the cats had kicked so many goals and it was an eerie feeling and, and there was a sense of uh, seeing something historical happening from a game perspective I just thought they were going to kick the record you know just, you could just see it from the word go that they were going to kick some huge score and uh yeah, they were having fun. I can't think Stevie Johnson. I reckon I might have interviewed on the ground. I think he might have kicked six or seven or something. Um, and, yeah, what transpired after that was just uh, what happened so quickly. And, and it's just changed so much going by what Sammy was telling me. Mm. So episode one was Whispers in the Sky and episode two is 186 points. It's there to be downloaded and devoured. We won't give away too much more of it because uh, it's really something to listen to. And uh, there were so many questions around that game and Sam's done a great job trying to provide the answers to those. Some of the other answers that are required, what happens if there's a positive test in the AFL competition? So here's Gil McLaughlin on Fox Footy. Obviously it's a hypothetical and it'll depend on the circumstances when and where they are in a week and, and, and what happens. So, you know, they'll be tested uh, twenty in the 24 hours out, hours out before any full training con- or, or any contact. So you'll have – they'll only go ahead if there's all negatives. Other than that, they're restricted to groups of eight players. And so you'll know where they are in the cycle, what the implications are. But broadly, that player will be sat out. And anyone who's had close contact in the, in the, in the you know, 24 hours or 48 hours – leading up will determine anyone else who has to be stood down. So then it'll be a question for the doctors about the scale and the implications. The scale at the moment is there are 1,260 tests that have been done and they are all negative so far within the AFL industry. So this is a question that we pondered, Kane, is a bit like government. Football's the same. Is There's really no prospect of a second shutdown. I don't think any industry 
could absorb it. I don't think a government could successfully do it again. I don't think they would get compliance from the community like they have the first time around. And in football, there's there's a really obvious path. There'll be no shutdown. There, there might be interruptions, but we're not doing this again. Well, we can't. Yeah, we can't. I, I, I was somewhat surprised by that, that they're going to push through. And you know, I think it's welcome. And, that, and that's the reason they've obviously done a lot of work around this. And that's been one of the key components is what happens if a player gets a positive test. And, and that's why they're testing players twice a week. They're testing before any physical contact training. And that's why they're limiting physical contact training during the week. So if someone does test positive, I'm assuming it's pretty easy to trace back to when and where and the contacts that they've been um, exposed to. So they're hopeful that they can put that player aside and the close contacts and then push on with the season. So, yeah, it's it's different to round one when they initially said 14 days, everyone's going to stand down, then that extended to a month, basically. Well, well, that's not going to happen now. There's just not room in the fixture to be able to do that. So... Yeah, let's hope, fingers crossed, that everyone gets through unscathed and, and healthy. I'll tell you what, it seems like a bit of an intrusive uh, intrusive oh, test yeah. going by that photo I saw of Shane McAdam the other day. Jeez. Yeah, my brother had it the other day. Pickers, and what do you a, say? He's a pretty, pretty big sort of hard man, um, Chad, and he, he just said it was, it was pretty uncomfortable. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying about the players and the sacrifices they're making. Like, this is... Twice a week, it's going to be pretty boring. Come the fourteenth time in you know week seven when you've had your fourteenth coronavirus test, it's going to it's not going to be a fun year. Let's face it, for the players. So well done to them for the sacrifices they're prepared to make. And as of Monday, so the clubs reopen is as Adam Simpson was just indicating how little was or how the, the trickle of information is as they try to lay the tracks. It's, he doesn't know whether you're allowed to have a whole team meeting as he suspects <laughs> they'll need to Zoom on Sunday night to sort of set their plans in place. And then the, the modified eight-person training that is allowed will take place in various groups. So because there's, it's not a return to normality, but at least it is some sort of return. Well, I heard Johnny Longmire the other day talking about this and I can't wait to just get back and be able to have a chat with the boys in person because uh, I spoke to him last weekend and I said, as it all going, I guess I'm zoomed out. I'm zoomed out. <laughs> well, they've had enough of the zooming and, yeah, because I imagine the coaches, they, they've had a tough week because uh, the football departments were given basically 24 hours to finalise their team. It was that quick to work out who, who was actually going to be working, who was going to be out of a job, yeah. uh, which is tough. It's tough in an environment like that. So uh, I think the Zoom scenario is not ideal but, you know, there'll be restrictions. And, again, I think this, the competition and the people involved are mature enough not to be able to work through what's the best way of doing it. And you put a lot of enormous amount of responsibility in your football boss. Mm. And your football boss really has to run the show. Because, you know, it's like, I mean, natural instincts take over and coaches, <laughs> coaches, oh, no, I need to do this. Well, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> this is how it's going to be. So you need a strong football department, that's for sure. Kane, do you think this week will be useful or do you think it might just serve to sort of heighten frustration to get to the next week? Uh, it's going to be, there's going to be a lot of debate. Like we, we saw the amount of debate that we've had over the last two weeks about what it might look like. The, everyone was having a punt on when the return was coming. So there's just going to be a lot of speculation. Footy shows are going to be back. Um, you know, I'm not sure what, what, what you guys are doing with, with 360, Jerry, but you know, talking footy's back and, you know, that will start to ramp up, which means there's going to be extra content and people looking for a story. So uh, look, it's going to be good. There's going to be a lot of talking points. It's going to be a lot of debate, but is there going to be anything definitive? 
Probably not. All I know is that if I'm Port Adelaide, I'm jumping on a plane and Adelaide probably at the end of uh, this week and, and heading to Gold Coast to get their training underway because they're not allowed to train in Adelaide yet, which is a big disadvantage. So we'll get some movement anyway with a couple of teams jumping on a plane, I would have thought. Mm. Terrific. Good to have you both on Crunch Time. Pickers golden ticket to the Melbourne Cup. Yeah, oh, I do think the favourite will be hard to beat, but I, I do like two close the sun. Uh, as yeah, well, so but I, 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 yeah, I just got a feeling that the favourite might be a bit good, Jared. What King about you? Leah Grants. Yeah, I'm with King of Leah Grantson. He does look a class removed. We'll see. Good to have you both as part of it. Here for Red Energy for Australian Electricity and Gas, Kane Corns and Liam Pickering. Crunch time this Saturday afternoon as we've delved into the fixture to see if mysteries can be solved. And the greatest atrocity in all of this is the use of hub as a verb. We must stop that <laughs> as a footy industry. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.